Welcome to Very Honored Fraternity's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, episode 121, Digitalism, in which I interview Joe Zabinski regarding uh, a new app which he's developed called Digitalism. It's pretty great. Um, basically, it's for people who want to make a Grippa or Picatrix style or uh, Chris Warnock style or, you know, uh, for now. And then moving forward, there'll be other styles included. Uh, this includes Star Magic and Astrological and Mansions of the Moon and all that good stuff. So if you uh, want to make a talisman and uh, you're kind of dreading sitting down with the ephemeris with that Llewellyn calendar and with the, the astrological software and figuring out when it's going to be in that particular mansion with no bad aspects and on a waxing moon and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Digitalisman takes care of all that for you. You just type in everything you need and hit enter and it tells you what your options are. So that's pretty awesome. But first... Transformation. Yes, it's been a little while since we've heard from John Dan Reeb, my father. Um, he passed away in 1993, so we'll be hearing from him by way of his book, Transformations, which he wrote in 1976. The footnotes part of Transformations and Footnotes is if I have anything to say about what he wrote. Sometimes it's just self-explanatory and I like to let it sit. But in the beginning of the series, I had more footnotes. Um, let's cure up the jar, as they say in... I used to say jarre because I'm American. What can I do? All right. <clears throat> so we're going to be reading Transformations. Chapter 6, verses 7 through 15. Now, this will make more sense if you've heard the recent episode with Amandeep. A gory self-initiation. It kind of picks up where that one left off. So, here we go. Then one day, Coyote took over the dungeon. There were many hermits in the cells of this dungeon, each not knowing or having forgotten about the others, burning themselves with matches and straw, and getting high long afterward on flashlights. Coyote played a trick. It so happened that the cells were all thick-walled and situated around a great circle. Coyote took a set of sideshow mirrors and put them at strategic places in the central hall, into which all the hermit cells had doors. He turned out the lights in the central hall, which were dim at best anyway. Then he pushed the button that opened all the hermit's doors, letting them all out at once. Guess what happened? Verse 8. You and I both know. We've been there a few times before, haven't we? Verse 9. When peacocks fight for hens, it's simple. 
They strut feathers before hens and do their damnest to stamp the feathers of any other male in the hen yard. It's a simple parlay for the gene pool jacuzzi, a fight for good vibrations, constructive friction. Verse 10. What about when flesh place fear junkies strut their zeal feathers? That doesn't look so simple, does it? Verse 11. They really do a fan dance behind humility and arrogance. What makes it interesting is that the humility of flesh place fear junkies is usually arrogance in drag. Verse 12. It's a game called Make Us Right and Make Them Wrong. And in order to make them wrong, we need to get underneath that they are right and be covert about it to ourselves and resist them for survival's sake. Verse 13. And in order to make us right, we need to get underneath that we are wrong and be covert about it to ourselves and resist finding out for survival's sake. Verse 14. If we both find out that we are both right and wrong in our universes, the game is over. Some people are scared of whatever it is after the game is over. And how much fear are they willing to cause and be at the effect of because they are afraid of whatever it is after the game is over. Verse 15. Coyote will tell them, or he'll start up another game. I suppose the only footnote I uh, would have for this one is about the use of the metaphor of, uh, of, of being in drag. Now, two things about that. One, he was writing in 1976, and there was a completely different thing going on um, as far as the, the transgender issue, um, in that there, there is an issue today, and back then, uh, you know, that, that uh, group had not yet had a voice really of any kind outside of uh, John Waters movies. Um, also, I, I think that even today, it's safe to say that there are still drag shows where what you're seeing are clearly men, usually six foot men, um, with wigs on, lip syncing Madonna. That's still a thing. Um, and that's a separate thing from people who identify as one gender or the other outside of, uh, you know, their, their born biological sex or the, the gender normally associated with that sex. So I don't know. I don't want to belabor the issue too much. I just want to kind of, for anybody who had a knee-jerk reaction against, you know, assigning uh, arrogance to the male gender role and humility to the female gender role and, uh, you know, that, that imagery. It, it's supposed to be a little bit funny, but also uh, communicate a good point that um, 
when flesh plays fear junkies, as he calls them, act humble, that uh, quite often you'll find if you look just a little bit under the surface that that's just a thin veneer that masks huge arrogance. I like to uh, go the opposite way and uh, put on put on airs of being incredibly arrogant. And then uh, after I turn this camera off, then I'm very much, uh, gosh, was that okay? Oh, God, people are going to hate it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I tend to relate with the opposite of that most of the time. But I think in my younger years, I definitely was like, welcome, come, have a seat, and I will enlighten you with my profound wisdom that I've gained in my 19 years of life, I'm now 44, so I hopefully am a little bit more wise. I should cover this. Anyway, um, so that was Transformations and Footnotes. Thank you, Father, for, uh, for those words. And uh, if you'd like, you can check out Transformations by John Dan Reeb. You can search Transformations John Dan Reeb on uh, Amazon, or you can check it out on my website by uh, clicking author and then clicking transformations. You can read a little bit more. You can read Polk's uh, review. So let's move along, shall we? Joe Zabinski is a very old friend. Longtime listeners of the podcast already know him. He and I were, were good buddies back in the day that we did not live in the same state, but definitely twice a year, sometimes more often, we would see each other and have great fun and great conversations. And then we were out of touch for many years. Then we got back in touch. And then he became co-host for several episodes of this podcast. And uh, you might have seen him as recently as episode 120. Check that out after this if you haven't already. It's 12 hours long though. So it's kind of like next to that. This is like, oh, only two hours. That's reasonable. Anyway, um, so I, I guess without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Greetings, Frater. Welcome back to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. <laughs> How have you been? It's been a, a bit, it's been a minute. No, not quite a minute, but uh, I feel great. I've been I've been talking with friends a lot, and I've been uh, you know the the world has been going by beautifully for me, actually. How cool! How cool! So, okay, I want to jump right in uh, before people click away. What is digitalisman? Okay, so digitalisman is a uh, is a new form of astrological software that I've been hard at work developing. Um, it's a uh, it's a form of astrological software that allows you to do a very special kind of astrological election. Hmm. Um, electional astrology is something that that uh, um, that's been around for, <laughs> it's been around for a long time. It's mm -hmm. basically the the concept behind electional astrology is to find times uh, where uh, where appropriate actions can be taken. Um, okay. This is this is a very special form of uh, of election because it is an election for a time when a spirit can be contacted. That's okay. what digit that's what digitalisman does. So digitalisman is intended to alleviate the uh, 
alleviate the investigation of timings um, for the for communication with spirits. So there may I, I imagine there may be folks out there who are like, oh, but that's the best part. I just love getting all my charts out and getting my compass and protractor and, mm. and, and telescope and pen. And I use a quill and I use, you know, I say just like Newton, you know, and, and, and working it out and spending two and a half hours figuring out exactly the right moment when I should call upon this spirit. Those people, yeah. maybe they would not be interested in digitalism. This is for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> this is so so i mean you know the primary audience is for everyone else but i would say to the people that 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 love getting into the nitty-gritty and mm. have have gotten really good at manual elections mm. don't put that down because mm. because there's there's um there is advantage there's advantages in what you were doing that i can't that i can't help with other than giving you an alternate perspective. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so for the for the hardcore manual enthusiasts, what oh. I can do is give you suggested times that that you might otherwise miss mm -hmm. um, or suggested times that you can then tweak. Interesting. And it made me think of, uh, you know, perhaps the way that a mathematician might use a calculator to, you know, if someone says, uh, what's 126 times 2,486? And then they rattle off what that is. I don't know what that is. But then someone with a calculator going, yeah, he's right, you know. So uh, so someone could spend the spend a day and a half figuring out exactly when to call upon the, the, the spirit and then log into Digitalisman, click, 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 and then check up, up, yep, I nailed it. I got it exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Right. So, so, so they can say, they can say that they nailed it, or I have a feeling that they're going to get more satisfaction out of it when they look at it and they say, no, he's wrong. He's right. <laughs> that, that planet, that planet's 10 minutes off. I yeah, need to yeah. start this two minutes, two minutes later than, than what he's saying. And then, right. and then they can, they can, um, they can adjust it and then they yeah. can come to me. And they can tell me about how wrong I am. And right. then I can take that, I can incorporate it into Digitalisman. Yeah. And the next time they look at it, they can say, oh, now he's right. He's right because I told right. him how to do it. Yeah, yeah, because I'm exactly at this longitude and latitude, but he's using time zones. And how general is that? You know, you just get it within an hour or two. I want yeah. it. I want the exact minute. I want the right. second. I want to know right. exactly when the star comes over the horizon with yeah. that hill there. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So um, uh, can, can you tell me a little bit about your personal history with astrological magic? Sure. Yeah. I mean, my, my personal history is, it's not really that long to tell, um, <laughs> you know, so maybe, maybe, maybe five years ago, I learned of the legend that is Christopher Warnock. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and as I learned of his legend, I understood like my personal connection to his legend, which, which made me even more interested in what he was doing. So basically, um, Basically, basically, Christopher Warnock learned of astrology through primarily through um, through an influence named Robert Zoller. Hmm. Um, and Robert Zoller uh, was a uh, 
I don't know what kind of blowback I'm going to get for saying this, but Robert Zoller was a notoriously cranky man. Um, <laughs> but he was also a very profound man, and he was also a very wise man. And he had a uh, he had a course that you could take on medieval astrology. Um, Zoller was the sort of person that would just sit down. I, I mean, I never got to ask him how long it took him to learn what he did. Uh, I can't imagine it was anything less than months to years, though, because when Zoller came on the scene, uh, there were so Z Z Robert Zoller was a studier of medieval astrology, mm. and his medieval astrology was uh, was taken from taken primarily from an author named uh, Guido Bonatti, uh, who was, I believe, a 13th century Italian astrologer. Um, and Guido Bonatti's material was all in Latin at the time. So mm. Guido Bonatti wrote this multi-volume, huge work. Mm. Um, if I remember right, it was just called On Astronomy. Mm. And, um, and it had never been translated out of Latin before. And so Robert Zeller was, first of all, a Latin scholar. Mm. Um, and was Latin he, already kind of a dead language? I mean, like, when did people stop speaking Latin? I don't I, really know about that. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, well, <laughs> at, at the time, I mean, you know, when when Benatti was writing in the 13th century, Latin was still very much alive. Right. Because um, I know CRC translated a bunch of things into Latin, and it's sort of like, why Latin? I mean, but it was it was uh, the 15 early 1500s. I mean, 14. Oh shoot. Yeah, it was the 1400s according to the story. But anyway. Yeah, and at the time, at the time, um, um, Latin Latin was the language de rigueur, the lingua franca, you know, if you will. Yeah. The lingua, exactly. It was the lingua <laughs> franca. Um, um, you know, basically because because it was the it was the language of scholarship and scholarship was primarily a church thing. It was primarily, mm. you know, during during early medieval times, it was primarily a, a clerical thing. Right. Um, and so if anybody was learning anything, they were they were they were either translating it from some language into Latin or they were reading it in Latin. That makes sense. Yeah. The idea of being a literate person who doesn't speak Latin wasn't around yet like mm. uh, there, there was no need to translate the bible into german yet because the germans didn't read german because everybody was catholic at the time right, right. so yeah, so it was, yeah they like, read latin you was... were reading latin so yeah exactly yeah exactly mm -hmm. um so yeah so Bonatti's work was in latin at the time and um um and zoller zoller was reading it right and i came upon zoller uh and i came upon i came upon his course um, about medieval astrology. And I've always, um, I've always tried to be a pragmatic person in my occultism. And so I would, and so I took the attitude of like, well, okay, if this is, if this is of any use, then I'm going to be able to know things about myself and I'm going to be, you know, and one of Zoller's claims was you're going to be able to make predictions about your life very accurately using mm -hmm. this, using this material. And so I was like, okay, well, I mean, he's, he's, He's putting it out there. I, I love occultists that make a claim, right? I love occultists that that say, okay, do these do these things and something else is going to come along. Because, and the reason why I love that is because it's testable. You can find out whether this is true. Um, and so and so I worked with Zoller's material. Um, and and I found that 
to a very large extent, he was dead on. I mean, mm. you know, he got, you know, not only did he get the time of my first marriage right, he got the time of my first divorce right. He got the, mm. you know, not only did he get the time when I would join the military correct, he got the time when I would leave the military correct. Um, you know, every once in a while, every once in a while, he was just wildly wrong. But, um, <laughs> but I'd, I'd say probably 80 to 85% of the time, it was, wow. it was accurate. Mm. Um, and so, and so I had this existing history with Robert Zoller. So then I find out that Christopher Warnock has a similar history with Robert Zoller, but it's, it's more intimate than mine. Um, like I, I just, I just took his course and talked to him a few times, you know? Um, and, but, but I think, I think, um, Zoller pushed Warnock in the right direction. Um, you know, where he was like, okay, if you want, if you want to study, if you want to study magic, uh, here's, here's some, here's some ways to go. And I mean, his advice wasn't, um, his advice wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It was stuff like read the three books, read the, um, you know, here's, here's the text that you can go after. Here's the different things that you can do. Um, and so, and so Christopher Warnock, uh, developed Renaissance astrology, uh, or the, the modern concept of Renaissance astrology. Mm -hmm. uh, and he developed the, con the, the, the concept that we understand in modern times of making, you know, what are called Renaissance talismans. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, you know, you can go to his site. He has, Warnock has an enormous website. Um, he, has, he has an excellent mailing list too. If you ever want to get involved in his, in his mailing list, he'll you know, because um, he has contacts with people like Pakistani uh, craftsmen who, who, who use the elections to actually make talismans, you know, mm, he has a pile of, uh, he has a pile of testimonials. Warnock is very much an established person. Mm. Um, so anyway, as I was taking his, as I was learning from uh, Christopher Warnock, I was, I was using, I was using the material that he had. And I noticed how, um, I mean, he did, he, he does have like different tools that he uses. Um, but I noticed how, first of all, it wasn't, um, it wasn't organized into one big package. And I noticed how much manual work it really was to, uh, to create talismans. So I know I, you know, I, I noticed yeah. I, so, for example, like to make a um, to make a Saturn talisman, uh, the moon needs to be right. The moon needs to be unafflicted. Saturn needs to be unafflicted. Saturn it needs to be a Saturnine hour. The Saturn needs to be rising, or Saturn needs to be culminating. And so, what you do is you take each of those conditions and you you know you work with a given time span, right? So you're like, okay, over the next, I need. I need, um, I need help with my real estate, for example. And I want to use, I want to see if I can work with Saturn to do that. So you work, you look at a, a month time and then you say, okay, for example, when are all the, um, when are all the Saturnine hours, right? And so, you know, ahead of time, okay, Monday on this, on this day, there's, uh, there's a Saturnine hour. And then you say, okay, when does Saturn rise at around this at around this time? Does it rise in a Saturday hour? No or yes. Um, you know, uh, 
you can you, you can also you can also look at afflictions really early with with something like Saturn. You can look at afflictions really early because it's such a slow moving planet. Right. So you can say, is Saturn afflicted or not? Because um, mm. if he's afflicted, if he's afflicted at the beginning of my time span, it's very it's very possible that he's going to continue to be afflicted at the end. Right. Um, now, would so the affliction be uh, only because of something like retrograde, or in uh, or or the sign that it's passing through? Um, it it depends. It it get, basically gets down to the degree that it's in because because there's oh, the degree of the sign. Yeah, because because there's going to be um, you know like you said, there's essential dignities, right? So so it could be in it could be in detriment. It could be in fall. Um, but then there's also uh, there's also accident what are called accidental um, debilities. So so uh, if he's square. With another planet oh right um, yeah if he's opposed to another planet if he's conjunct with an afflicted planet mm. um all all of those things can can act so as basically digitalisman checks all of those in, in, yes, in exactly. a nanosecond and then yes. just tells you okay the next time that it's not afflicted by anything and rising and etc and in this hour is at this time on this day right right so mm. uh yeah, so that's that's um, that's what it does in a nutshell. You give Digitalisman a, a time span that you're interested in, you know, like a month, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you tell it, you tell it how long you want to work. Um, so that's actually a really important question because because the the kind of thing that you're doing with the spirit takes time, right? right. Um, if if you're making a simple if you're making a simple paper talisman, then that takes, you know, that'll take you, I, I don't know how long it'll take you. It depends on you, right? It mm-hmm. takes me like, tw- it takes me maybe 15 to 20 minutes to make a paper talisman. Then mm-hmm. it takes me another five to 10 minutes to consecrate it. So I usually need around 25 minutes to make a talisman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important to tell digital talisman that so that it knows what to look for for you. Mm-hmm. Um and then you just basically tell it the talismans that you're interested in. Um, you know, you tell it, I want to look for Saturn talismans, these stars, these constellations. Tell me when all of these things happen. If it doesn't find anything, then it tells you no talismans found. Um, if it, if it uh, you know, but more often than not, it does have something to say. And so it'll, it'll list it in the results. And then you can save it off to... Uh, you can save it off to your user page and then you can just, you can have it. And then probably the most important for the manual people is you can tweak it from there. Hmm. So, so uh, what relationship uh, does Digitalisman have with Christopher Warnock's work specifically with uh, Renaissance astrology? I'm glad that you asked that. <laughs> uh, so, so, um, um, Digitalisman, I mean, there's there's a long-term future with it. There's a long-term vision with it. And then there's like a shorter term vision. The long-term vision is to allow people to do whatever they want, where you get to say, you get to say what exactly makes a sacred time for you. And then mm. it'll it'll go find that. Mm. Um, but we need a lot of work to get there. Mm. Uh, version one just handles Christopher Warnock's methods. So, um, so his methods are published in various books, uh, Planetary Magic. He has a book on mansion magic. Um, 
and it's it's designed to it's designed to support that very very occasionally i've um you know very occasionally i've i've done things like well i've discovered that i've discovered if you if you do things a certain way then you find nothing at all for the next mm -hmm. 20 years regardless of location so mm -hmm. maybe maybe for something like that i have to adjust it a little bit mm -hmm. um but for the most part it adheres very closely to what warnock has to say mm -hmm. I, I, this one isn't on the uh, list of questions here, but it's just a thought. I thought I'd see what, what you say. Um, will there be an upgrade when, when the, when occultists begin colonizing Mars? <laughs> all bets are off. I, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Like, there is no, Earth is in what house? <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in a way, I'm glad that there are modern astrologers because mm. there are people who are thinking through new ways of doing things. Yeah, yeah. And I have no idea how how that's going. <laughs> for all I know, you know, for all I know, like astrology is completely out the window on Mars. Like right. it's just not enough. There's there's things about Earth that we don't understand that that are making astrology happen. People will say Mars is in retrograde. They'll say you're in retrograde. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, back to the list here. Um, so, uh, what sorts of spirits can you work with through Digitalisman or by using in conjunction with working with Digitalisman? So that that actually that gets into um, that gets into the texts themselves, right? So mm. so. Uh, Chris was working from Chris was working from texts when he when he was figuring out his methods. Chris was figuring out, and so Chris was working with like the three books of occult philosophy, uh, and he was working with the Picatrix. Um, if you ever if you ever have the if you ever have the occasion, I highly recommend his his course on his course on talismans. I mean that that will make you. That will make you a manual astrologer, a very good one. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, he he really he gets into he gets into a lot of fringe texts that that don't otherwise see the light of day. Mm -hmm. um, but the places the places that I want to concentrate are the three books and and the Picatrix. Uh, it depends on how you want to work, but if you consult the three books of occult philosophy, you'll find names for mansion spirits, for example. Mm. Um, you'll find, you know, and then and then there's always the there's always the classic names of of planetary spirits. I mean, we we call we call most of them by their spirit names. Mm. Um, but you can you can go to the three books and you can dis, you can discover you can dis discover more names and one of the one of the intentions for this for this app is to is to allow people to access the three books in a way that they may not otherwise be able to do. Um, book one, book two, and book three all work together to make a unified whole. Without astrology, you're missing the material for book two. So, so um, there's an Agrippa style way to work with, to work with celestial talismans that takes in all three books and takes in everything that, everything that he describes. Um, he actually goes, be, he goes a little bit beyond uh, celestial magic in the three books, but, but um, 
by using the app, you're going to be able to access the three books very easily. And you're going to be able to work with the spirits that are described there. You know, I've always been, I have to admit, I haven't read the three books of cult philosophy. I know, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> How can you wear this without having read such a basic text? Um, but I remember the 28 mansions of the moon were mentioned in one of the uh, great advancements. And, uh, and then there was a, a frater that gave a, a lecture at Corpus Christi one time where he talked a little bit about it. And then I spoke to in uh, episode 10, I believe, very honored Frederick Ka. Um, he's uh, knows a lot about Arabian mysticism and tradition. And he was he he said, just stay away from the mansions of the moon. They're just mm. too powerful. They're too you don't want to, you know, just mess with that. And so so then then I, I, uh, I became the first member of Digitalisman. <laughs> and uh, and I and I saw the twenty eight mansions of the moon. I'm like, oh, what? you're all right there. I've got to ask Joe about this. So basically, I guess can can you explain to me the twenty eight mansions of the moon as if I were a toddler while I play with my horsey? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm totally new. I don't know nothing about nothing. What are the mansions of the moon? When you look outside at the sky, you can see that it's shaped like a dome, right? Mm -hmm. And you can imagine that that dome uh, is also below you, right? Mm -hmm. So that dome is not just a dome, not just a dome like my little head. It's a, it's a sphere. Right. Mm. So we're going to pretend that I'm holding a sphere here. Right. Now, whenever, and we're going to pretend that you, you're standing in the middle of the sphere. Right. Okay. So, um, so let's pretend that it's dawn. Right. Let's mm -hmm. pretend that the sun is rising. Well, you see where this, this thumb is. Right. Mm. We're going to pretend that dawn, dawn, that the sun is rising right there. Right. And uh, the last thing I'm going to ask you to pretend is that it's the, um... no, we're not going to go there yet. Sorry. Uh, so, so it's, so the, the sun is rising, right? And you're, you're right in the middle, right? So you're looking at, you're looking at east over here. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were to look at where the sun is rising um, through the seasons, so if you were to look at different different times like September and December and March and just pick different times of the year. What you'll notice as you're watching the sunrise is that the sun, it seems to be rising slightly north sometimes. Right. It seems rising slightly south sometimes, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't go all that far. Unless uh, you're on the equator. Unless you're on the equator. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. um, so, so that, so the sun wanders as it rises right it also wanders as it sets so what happens is that wandering um we can consider as a uh so if if, if you're imagining this as a sphere right um that that wandering is like just like this part of the sphere right mm -hmm. um and if you can imagine it that 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 piece right when the sun rises it it traces it traces a circle on the sphere right 
And that band, you can imagine it as a ring on the sphere. Cauda and Caput Draconis. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, um, that's something else. Yeah, That's something else, right. That's where it but, crosses with the lunar one. Uh, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, so that's the, uh, so that band is, that band is the thing that the sun is traveling through as it goes around, right? right? So that, um, um, and there are various things that are measured based on that band. Um, at a special time uh, called the spring equinox, the, uh, the sun happens to be in a special, in a special place. And that place is called zero Aries. Um, And that zero Aries is the, um, it just happens to be the, the, the source of measure. Right. So, so if we have our, if we have our band, right. The uh, zero Aries shows up somewhere on the band, right. Mm. It, it, in the middle of the band, by the way. And, um, and if you take that point on the band, right. Well, it's on a band, right? So it's on a, it's on, it's part of this circle, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so if we take that circle, we can divide that. We we can take the circle and we can do whatever we want with it. So, so what astrologers do is they take that circle and they divide it into twelve equal spaced segments, right? And those twelve equal spaced segments are otherwise called the signs, the astrological. Right. What I'm talking about right, right now are so divided like this, divided like yep. the houses kind of. Or so at that dawn on spring equinox, it's a natural chart and it's the suns and Aries, and so everything kind of lines up at that moment, almost like sort of right. But it, and it, and it kind of lines up. It, everything lines up, and it's sort of arbitrary. Right. This, yeah. this lining up. I don't. I don't think that anybody really knows like why the moment of spring equinox. We talked about this. I, I, my theory was that, uh, was that spring implies, you know, uh, growth. We're coming out of, you know, especially for people in the, in the far North, uh, you know, the, we're coming out of the freezing time where grandpa passes away into, you know, the, the time of year where you can actually go outside and not freeze to death and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so it's like an optimistic thing. And so, yeah. so day and night are equal and yep. things are getting better <laughs> yep. where, where my birthday or the day this comes out for people in the far North day and night are equal, but the winter is coming, you know, like, uh, <laughs> drones, you know, <laughs> maybe, yeah. but then that's, that's more human psychological and not universal principle, unless there's something in the human psychological that relates with universal principle, but it's not mathematical. It's, it's uh, emotional or, or something. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the, um, so whenever, like, like you, like you just said, whenever, whenever, whenever people are asked, like, what's your sun sign, right? Mm, the, mm. That sign is the, is the portion of that band that the sun was in when you were born. Right. Right. That, so that's, that's my, that's my two minute, mostly accurate way to describe the sun signs. Well, the suns, so the sun signs, they're called things like Aries, Taurus, Gemini, etc. And they have the same names as actual constellations. Right. So, um, so, you know, different patterns that the stars make in the sky, 
Mm. Um, they share names with those patterns, but they're not the same thing. They're right. one describes an artificial segment of sky, and right. the other one describes. A, but they uh, used to line up more two thousand six hundred some odd years ago, right? When yes, uh, yes, and no. I mean, like if you look at if you look like things like um, the constellation Taurus or the constellation Scorpio is a good one. That one mm. is very long, and it and it um, it goes oh, beyond okay. just it goes beyond the length of any one sign. Mm. um so the so the the uh the idea that the idea that the signs slowly evolved from the constellations it's not really true because the mm. uh the different the constellations are all different in size and when you put them on when you like when you compare them to the size of the bands they never they don't okay climb. so the signs have always been equal twelfths of the year Yes. and not just uh oh the sun seems to be well because you can't see the sign when the sun's in it because it's up during the daytime so true. but if people who pay a lot of really close attention and keep accurate star maps maybe they can figure that where it is exactly and it's in the scorpio but okay so but what about the mansions of the moon though where did they yes fall okay so now now i've given you yeah. enough <laughs> yeah i've given yeah. you like enough well, then people, people have a basic uh, understanding of astrology now if they if they're uh, a right. less advanced toddler than myself, but I'm I'm a, a little more advanced toddler. <laughs> I, I just don't understand the mansions of the moon. <laughs> the mansions of the moon are very. It's a very similar concept. Mm. If you look historically at the, uh, if you look historically at the texts that describe the mansions of the moon, at first the mansions are described using um, using star lore. So they describe them as, you know, they describe them as like this mansion's related to these two stars, mm. right? And over time, over time, that concept of them being related to stars has changed to they are segments of a band now. So mm. just like the sun has 12, has 12 artificial segments of sky, the moon has 28 segments of sky oh okay it's it has its own signs so when people say the moon is in pisces they're using a solar based system yep rather rather than the the older lunar based system or is it older or is it just I different i don't know okay. offhand which one which oh, okay. one might it's just a different system that's more lunar based more specifically right. lunar based right now there's yeah. lunar calendars in the east i mean this is taking it a different direction but they there's 12 sign lunar calendars that are well okay let's not go there i'll 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 i'll, <laughs> I'll do some more research over the next 40 years and i'll get back to you on that but uh but yeah so 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 is it like 28 bands like like uh where the moon is in its in its 28 day cycle right Each day right. is a That's mansion the... Yeah, that's that's pretty much the late medieval and Renaissance understanding of what a mansion is, is. Is it related to the where the sun is, or is it more specifically just the relationship between the moon and the earth? Or is the relationship between the moon and the solar circle? Okay. Does it have to do with its shape, like whether it's a crescent, a waxing crescent, waning crescent, half new? No. No. Okay. It just it's just it that so the um where it is on that band is called ecliptic position or or like or ecliptic longitude uh and it's just a relationship of the moon to some portion of ecliptic longitude oh so relative sort of, to the stars okay so 
Okay, so like uh, it doesn't change as the earth turns, it only changes as the moon moves. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it's not rel yep. not related to the sun. No. Okay. Only only through the signs. Indirectly, it is. I I know that this is this might confuse things, but indirectly, it is related to the sun because the sun the sun at spring equinox defines ecliptic longitude. The sun okay. at spring equinox says this is where zero Aries is. Right. And everything else in the sky with medieval mm. and Renaissance astrology. So the first mansion of the moon starts at zero Aries? Starts at zero Aries. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. All right. So everything. So like if you read, if you read three books, it mentions how the sun is the Lord of measure. Mm. Um, this is, and this is one of the reasons why it's because it's because where the sun starts, everything else starts. The entire panoply of spirits all depend on where the sun is at, mm. at spring equinox. Okay, so each of the mansions has a name, I presume, and, and mm -hmm. a spirit associated with it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so if so you wanted to work with a mansion of the moon, you might call upon that name and that spirit as well as names and spirits of the moon, or you might wait until the moon is in that mansion. So the great thing about astrological magic is that it's very simple. Mm -hmm. um, all and because it it's simple and it's not right. All the complexity <laughs> is in the preparation. All the complexity mm -hmm. is in the timing, right? And then when you actually perform, when you actually work with talismans, tremendous. It can be tremendously simple. It's like scheduling just, a Zoom call and uh... like scheduling a Zoom call. Once you're <laughs> yeah. on the call. Once you're on it's, the call, it's, it's like, hard part's <laughs> no over. No brainer. You just have to remember to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. A mistake yeah. I've made before. <laughs> but like, you know, you get burned by that mistake and then that helps you remember, like, did I hit record? Okay, good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, so, so when you actually, when you actually are making a paper talisman, when you constantly, well, yeah, that, that whatever brings me to my next talisman. question. Can, can you yeah. take me through a typical workflow? Oh, for digitalisman? Right. Or is that, that's related to how a talisman is made, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll take you through, I'll take you through like a typical workflow for digitalisman. And then yeah. I can describe like, like, okay. So now, Joe, we know how digitalisman works, but why is the, why does this matter to me? Right. Um, it matters so, if you're making talismans. It matters if you're making talismans, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, so let me share my screen. Oh, can you see the screen? I can see the screen. Yeah, sweet. Okay, so um, so I pop this over to to Goa, India. Um, All right. So what you're what you're looking at right now is the search screen for for Digitalisman. Okay. Um, I'm just using. I don't even remember which user. I'm in New Delhi, um, though. I don't know. Oh, no, okay. Go, no go is fine. Go is fine. <laughs> no problem. We can go to New Delhi. All right. New Delhi. Yeah. Go look it up. Go look it up. Boom. New Delhi. Yeah. Okay. They have good pastrami um, at that New Delhi on the corner. Just kidding. It's a different kind of deli. <laughs> deli is more um, like related to Delhi, meaning heart, the heart of India. Ooh. Oh, sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Um, okay, so uh, so as you can see, there are various forms of talismans that you can look for: planetary, mansions, star, constellation. There's a whole thing about deacon talismans that I'm not gonna. I can get into it, but I'm not gonna talk about it right now. Um, there's signs, and then there's houses. Okay. So since we were talking about mansions, they decided that I'm just gonna yeah. Do it. Um, so you choose what you want. You can deselect everything if you want, but we're going to do it. Uh, the location, it hooks up to a, it hooks up to a location service on a server. Um, and so you can change the location if you want. Um, you got your max workers, which I'm not going to talk about now. Uh, the term is how long you want it to look for, how long a talisman time you want. Right. So that's so it's set to 25 minutes just because I need 25 minutes. Right. You can you can but you can adjust it. So you want to make sure um, the moon is in void, of course, you know, five minutes into your working. It will check for that. It yeah, will actually yeah. ah, does it check the void, of course. Any affliction that it's interested in, it'll check for it. Okay, okay. Um, so then you have the begin time and end time. It defaults to the begin time defaults to now, uh, and the end time defaults to a month from now. So oh, okay. I basically, I assume yeah, that so you if you want, want to do a talisman time. soon, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's 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 designed to be. It's designed to look at the future, right? So, yeah. um, not the past. so like you. When what, should I have done this talisman? <laughs> right, exactly. It doesn't answer that question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, like is there an or, option to set it to the past? Um, I think you probably could set it. Okay. To the okay. Past. But the did uh, I do this right? <laughs> yeah. The so it, it this was a whole epic thing was building the ephemeris that it uses, like mm. basically the way that it measures the sky. Mm. And I only started with like the I only started with the testing in I think 2021. Oh, okay. I, so you can't go before that, probably. You can go before that, but I just mm. can't guarantee the results. Right. Right. Okay. Um, if you go from if you use if you use uh 2021 to 2071 um i have at least tested that mm. you know that doesn't mean that i didn't make any mistakes but but that does mean that i have done my best to ensure that there were no mistakes for that 50 year time span so you can you could prepare for your grandson to make a talisman in 2071 right right yeah mm. yeah or mm. if you want to you can like you can be very diligent about your talisman finding and then you can like write it all down mm. so that you can like say you know so you can say in the next 50 years these are all the talisman times that are available for new delhi mm -hmm. um I wouldn't, I wouldn't really recommend doing that for a variety. <laughs> yeah. Mostly, Five years mostly, is probably better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and the, mostly the reason is because the reason is because I expect in the medium and long term to, uh, to improve the ephemeris so right. that the times that it finds now, uh, you know, in version two or version three, they're going to be a little bit different mm. and not, not, a lot different, but a minute or two, uh, and the the um, you know. So if you if if you decide to like take all the stuff and like write it down ahead of time, and then be like, ha ha, I have all the times I ever need. Well, that that assumes that 
that assumes that I am so brilliant that I can actually not make any mistakes when it comes to an ephemeris, which is not true. <laughs> um, okay, so let me, I'm going to click the search button. Boom. And done. Nice. So yeah, yeah. So the, all of the, uh, all of the calculation stuff was written to be as fast as I could make it. Right. Um, some of the mansion talismans are pretty fast. Uh, there's other stuff like house talismans that are actually really slow. And there's a reason why they're so slow. It's because house talismans are very complex. Mm. Um, so, so anyway, when the crescent is on the right side, that means waxing. And when the crescent's on the left side, that means waning, right? Yeah, so this is th that's Does the black waning. circle mean new or full? That means new, correct. Okay, yep. okay. So there's a and white circle, I assume. Ah, there we go. White circle means full. Okay. Um, okay. Just, just because I want to explain this right now. Um, yeah. Um, the the so the new moon and old moon, uh, the new moon, and old, the new moon and the full moon. Ah, uh, they. <laughs> Strictly speaking, the new moon and old moon represent instants of time, right? Mm. So, like, like that's true. When, yeah, when the moon, you know, so so like so when the moon is fully illuminated by the sun, that it is the passes in a nanosecond, less than that. Passes in a nanosecond, ah. and then it's and then it's off to waning again. Mm. Um, so I had to, but. If you have experience with working with the moon, you know that the full moon is not just that nanosecond, right? Right. The full moon represents a period of time. Right? Yeah. This the dogs is don't all from... howl for a nanosecond. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so this is just my. This is where this is one of the this is one of the places where I had to make decisions myself. Mm. Um, and then later on, I'm going to have user settings that allow you to make this decision. Okay. Um, as to how long, how long the 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 full, full annuities is supposed to be. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I went with I went with a day and a half before that moment and a day and a half after that moment. You're still getting effects of the new and full moon. Okay. Um, but I want, but you know, like everybody is going to have a different opinion about that. Yeah. Um, I yeah, like when I. Uh... I, yeah, if I'm doing full moon work, I'll usually look at, well, exactly what kind of full moon work is it? Am I bringing in something? Am I getting rid of something? Because that'll determine which hour to the left or to the right of, of the full moon moment or which mm. midnight. You know, if I'm doing the, the full moon healing ritual, for instance, uh, do I want to do it on the part of the full moon where it's still waxing? Or do I want to mm -hmm. do it on the part of the full, full moon where it's still waning? And how close is that right. to midnight? Which one right. is closer to midnight? And then what kind of energy is it going to be? Or back in the old Wicca days, you know, like uh, doing doing a full moon right, that kind of thing. Like exactly sure. what full moon are we dealing with? When was it full? Was it full five right. minutes before the ritual started? And then with the first knock of the ritual, it was the first knock of the ritual before the full moon. You know, because if so, then okay, then you can relax. And even though five hours have gone by and now it's waning, the ritual is being done on the waxing part of the full moon because you knocked. And I mean, there's like different rules for different uh, uh, egregores, I guess, for that. But. You know, it's you, you. You know, it's funny. Like, is is that that's actually a um. <laughs> That's actually like this little, in my opinion, anyway, it's a little known secret of timing. 
mm. is that is that you don't timing is it's gentle it's flexible mm. um if you you know so 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 for example um let's see what's happening uh Mansion 26, for example, takes place October 6th from 328 to 407. Mm -hmm. If you start at, you know, if you start at, say, like 345, right, mm -hmm. and you're not quite done making whatever you're making by 407, right? Mm -hmm. Since you started at 345, you're good. It's, you're you're pretty much good the spirits are the spirits are gentle they'll yeah. they'll they allow you a little bit of leeway right. um a little, a little bit, bit like of don't leeway. go out to lunch or go no. out to dinner with some frivolous friend and get drunk right. and then come back at 2 a.m and finish it like right that, and the secret don't the, push that, it <laughs> the real secret yeah. the real secret there is is how much can you push it you know right. what I mean? That's yeah. that, and that that's just learned by experience. Anyway, yeah. the reason why the reason why we have the reason why. Okay, first of all, I didn't ask for the phase. I didn't ask for what phase you were interested in when you were mm. when we were searching. Right. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So I'm just sort of I'm just sort of throwing phases at you. Right. Yeah. See what the options are. See what the options are exactly because because you know some some phases so i mean generally speaking very generally speaking the wane, waning moon is used to push things away or to lessen things mm. and waxing moon is used to attract things or to increase things right mm. um and but i mean like uh you know with things like with things like the picatrix it actually isn't that simple um mm. And it mentions that there's like very specific activities that are great for waning moons that you wouldn't normally expect. Interesting. Um, so, but, but I mean, I was thinking that as an astrological magician, if you're actually using this, you're going to want to know about both phases, right? Mm. Um, especially for things like, um, especially for things like, say, uh, let's say that you're working with Venus, for example. Um, you know, during the wax, almost, I don't know, 80, 90% of the time when you're working with Venus, you probably want to work with the waxing moon because she, because with Venus, Venus is wonderful for attraction, right? Mm. And so, and so if you work with the waxing moon besides, you can get the mistress of magic, the moon mm. on your side, and you can get Venus on your side. And so you're, and so you're trying to attract things in. Right. But I don't want to make any assumptions about what you're actually doing. Mm. Um, it might be a might, Buddhist uh, thing, you know, get, getting rid of desire or something. Maybe you want to get rid of desire. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Or maybe there's maybe there's something associated with Venus that you want to get rid of. Less. So, of, like, yeah. yeah, that you want less of. Like, for example, you have beautiful, fragrant weeds in your front yard. <laughs> and you don't want to use mars to burn them all right you don't want to use saturn to make it so nothing grows there ever again yeah. you want to use a waning moon venus so that you can just gently suggest that they leave the premises mm, interesting 
so anyway that's that's why the phases because yeah. because yeah different different is there anything required. off the top of your head because i'm curious um at the stroke of midnight on september 21st in delhi this episode will air but after what 10 minutes or an hour uh it'll be in the 10th mansion do you off the top of your head know about any uh particular specific traits of the ninth or 10th mansions or um okay so the 10th mansion is the neck of leo okay uh, that goes back to the that goes back to the um their basis in star lore that i was talking mm. about mm. um so so uh agrippa actually gives two two definitions for all for the mansions they're in mm. book two chapters 23 and 46 um okay. So let's let's read about them. So the neck of Leo, it strengthens buildings, yields love, benevolence, and help against enemies. Hmm. So that first that that first definition is from a part of the Picatrix. I don't okay. Hmm. Uh, the the next one in chapter forty six of book two it says to facilitate childbearing and to cure the sick. They made a seal of gold, being the head of a lion, and perfumed it with amber. Oh. Um, so it so it has it has stuff to cure the sick too. Um, so sort of a one thing, vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. A little bit, um, a little bit, yeah. So yeah, so got, got one my, thing to keep in my mind. Lannister thing rocking here. Yeah. I guess it's not just the head, it's the whole lion. You know? Are you able oh, to see that? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. Nerds. So one, nerds. Nerds. I got to get a, a Targaryen one now, of course. So one thing to keep in mind with Mansion Ten, like, okay, so so just generally speaking, it's about it's about healing and curing the sick, right? Mm. And your your ritual, you know, if you wanted to bring Mansion Ten into it, it would tend to add a beneficent influence. But what you have to keep in mind is that for the purpose of making um, talismans. Uh, the moon is the mistress of magic, right? And she's waning at the time. Ah. So Mansion 10 seems to be a particularly waxing moon sort of talisman. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't use, I wouldn't use Mansion 10. Okay, so that's interesting. Okay, okay. So you want to find a time when the waxing moon lines up with, but if there's 28 of them, won't it always fall in the waning? I mean, because there's 28, you know, the phases of the moon take 28 days to get through. And if Mansion 10 is in the waning this time around, it'll probably be around in the waning next time around and the time after yes. that and the time after yes. that. And that will eventually change because oh. the moon doesn't take precisely 28 days. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. So it takes a little 27 and change days. Interesting. Okay, so someone could maybe wait like a year for, for the right moment to do um, or some just even like Or just even like a couple months. And then, oh, okay. and then you know, because it all depends on, it all depends on timing, right? Like, right. Uh, like she's, she's waning now and you can see around September 27th, she's Oh, new, oh. Right? So and depending that, on which one is shorter, if it moves that way, then it'll move into the position where it's wait, where it's waxing. Right, like slowly over time, the the mm. waning slash waxing part of this is is changing. Okay. And, so, okay, and so in coming months, we should be able to see 
we should be able to eventually find like where mansion 10 is yeah um oh, interesting. waxing if you want we can try to look for that now uh sure yeah now yeah. I, I, if you want to decrease a cancer let's say uh or you want to mm -hmm. i mean it, i mean sometimes it seems to me like it's all in the wording to decrease an illness to decrease a fever uh you know might be appropriate for a waning moon oh uh, sure yeah absolutely um so healing and decrease would go together in that case but to increase health and vitality or to increase uh yeah, immune system or something would be more appropriate for waxing yeah that actually brings up a great point i mean i mean if mansion 10 is associated with the cure of the sick you could look at it as the the increase an increase in health right and like you said you could you could word it to you could word it and intend it to be the increase in health right and mm. since it's but since it's for the cure of the sick is actually pretty flexible because if it's if it's waning then you're then you're decreasing um then the you decrease yes. mm. yeah yeah so yeah like what mansion 10 is actually pretty flexible um so let me show you what happens when we look for Mansion 10. Mansion 10 only. Uh, Mansion 10 only, right? Uh, so uh, okay. That's as far down as you can go. Okay. Um, I was, I did think about, so I did think about allowing for waxing and waning and new and full, like right in the screen. But as you can see, it's really busy anyway. Right, uh, right. And you would want, when you're looking for stuff, you would probably want some things to be waxing and some things to be waning. And so, yeah, so it gives so options. I was like, I'm just going to show everybody everything and then mm. it makes your decisions yourself. Okay. So it just did it. Oh, okay. It, it just did a whole year. Um, and so it's not going to be until uh, March of next year that it's waxing in. The tenth mansion. Okay, how interesting. Yeah, uh, these and then, are these are interesting things to keep in mind. It's like a whole new, you know, uh, thing to play with. I mean, you know, exactly. to kind of like like oh, this year we've got mansion ten waxing. Let's see what that feels like. Right, right. So one of the things that you can do with this, and instead of you know, so so if you were to do this manually you would have said okay well let's see what's happening in september then you find out that mansion 10 is waning and then you say okay well now i need to figure out when's the next time when the moon is in mansion 10 right and then you would find out oh right. it's in still waning so, at that time. so through digitalisman you can know the answer like that exactly exactly oh, cool. and you have so many more options now because now you can say oh well she's waning now but we're but we're going to work with we're going to work with decreasing illness now so there's two ways that for example a golden dawn adept might approach uh digitalisman one is to not tell their brethren about it and be a genius 
<laughs> whenever they need to do anything and have everybody look at them like, how the fuck did you do that so quickly? <laughs> the, the other approach they might take is to share it with all their brethren so that they can all uh, right. become members. Yeah, right. And that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping that people do, because <laughs> yeah. obviously, obviously, because like I'm selling subscriptions, maybe to this. spend a month being the genius. And then once everybody's just ass is de dead curious, then then you tell them that did you tell us? Right. Right. Then, then you, then it's you tell them about it. Yeah. 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 Because what this, what this should do is, you know, then, so, okay. So for mansion 10, the nice thing about Agrippa is that for mansion 10, he lists both the names of, uh, I'm not sure that he actually names the list, the Arabic, uh, list of spirits, uh, because there's, there's in the Picatrix, there's lists, there's, lists of spirits associated with the mansions and they are mm. in arabic right okay. agrippa gives the names of angels mm. so since he gives the names of angels that gives you a good interface with golden dawn style magic mm. Mm. okay because now you can call in now you can call in this mansion 10 angel um okay so let's say that you've decided to um Let's say that you've decided to work with September 21st, right? Okay. Um, so all this shows all your results, um, but none of this has been saved yet. And the point of the, you know, the point of the results is to show you, okay, here's everything that you can do, right? Mm. Then when you say to yourself, okay, this, these are the ones that I'm more interested in, then you mm. check them off. Now it looks like something must be happening between 2.25 a.m. and 8.12 a.m. that would make it an undesirable time to do work with the 10th mansion. Because it's surely the moon yeah. remains in that mansion. Moon doesn't go retrograde. So it right. must be- uh, The moon doesn't go retrograde, but keep in mind that the moon has afflictions too. Right, so it must, there must be some kind of affliction between she those probably two gets, She probably gets afflicted, right? Mm. Um, Okay, so let's so let's save one off. You can you can save off all of them if you want. You can save off just one. I'm just gonna save off one. Um, so to save them off, you just check them off. There's a little queue thing, which means it's in the queue to be saved. And then it says queued one. And then when you save times, boom. And then it says queued zero because it saved it. And now it tells you conveniently it's saved. Um, so now we're going to go to users uh, and we're going to check out, we're going to check out our time. So we're going to click load. So, so in users, this shows you. So this is what people who are watching this as soon as it gets released, this is present time, actually. This is right now. Kind oh of. yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Because midnight in New Delhi is for them, you know, probably early afternoon or something in, uh, you know, California or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, or, mm -hmm. or so this is, this or, is what yeah. the sky looks like in New Delhi. When yeah. This is so the houses aren't the same as where you are, but the, uh, but the planetary positions are. Exactly. Yep. Mm. Yep. Um, so if we go to, so, okay, uh, I should talk about this a little bit. So the, mm. in the user screen, you get more information about what you've saved off right mm. so it shows you a little chart showing you a picture of the sky right mm. now the chart the chart is actually always going to be pretty much 
it's it's always going to show you the same nature of information. Of course, it's going to be different, right? Because it's going to have like different. Is it uh, Siberian or tropical? Because aren't we on the cusp of Leo? This is all I mean, this on is the cusp, cusp of Libra. Uh, you mean the moon? The sun. Oh. Oh, it's showing 27 degrees, Virgo. Okay, it just it right. visually so it, looks it, like. Getting ready to go into it. But, right. but the okay. equinox itself hasn't happened yet. So, yeah, the 27 is the important thing. So, 27 degrees Virgo, even though. Vi oh, it's in that house. Oh, okay, okay. So, the lines indicate the houses, not the signs. Yep. Okay. Yep. Got it. Got it. Yep. Okay. And this is, this is the here. degree, <laughs> the degree of the house. Okay. I see. Yep. So, uh, so the, the charts that you see, like, you know, are this random mansion 12, uh, another mansion 10, they're always going to be the same information. Mm -hmm. Um, when I, when I, when I first release, um, it's always going to be the same information. In the short to medium term, I'm going to have more information specific to talismans. Mm. So for example, like with mansion talismans, right now you don't, you just see, uh, right now you just see the same stuff. But actually for mansion talismans, I want to have, I want to be able to tell you where the mansion starts and ends. Mm. Um, so that you can see a little bit better why digitalism okay. okay. was a useful time. So if people become, if they become active members of digitalism today, then when you do that upgrade, it'll be available for them. That won't be exactly like something they have to pay extra or something like. Right. Yeah. Included. So, so when you, when, when users sign up, they sign up, you sign up per year and mm. you just have a membership at that point. And mm. anything that I do to anything that I do to Digitalisman, you're going to be able to see immediately. Nice. Um, so that, that's, that's one of the reasons why I made it a web app as opposed to like software that runs on your computer. It right. was so that when I do, when I, when I make updates, customers can are. be immediately yeah. served. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it doesn't matter what kind of computer you have either, you know? Mm -hmm. So like if you have a, if, whatever a windows and a this, Mac, this works okay on phone yes yes so we have we support mobile too so it'll be uh if you have an ipad for example you can use mm. it if you have an iphone you can use it it's hard to get smaller than an iphone mm. uh just because i have to you know for an iphone i have to i have to squish in a lot of information mm. um and if it gets any smaller, than, smaller that, than an it, iphone a watch <laughs> like a watch yes, yeah exactly. okay okay exactly. yeah yeah i see um yeah so i'd have to radically change the interface for something like a watch right right I uh, see. if i get enough and the thing is with this stuff it's great because since everything's online i can the my members are part of a community immediately mm. and so i can hear from members easily mm. um and if they uh you know, so if, for example, somebody comes along and says, I want this thing to be able to tell my iWatch when to actually start my ritual, right? So, so let's say, let's say that you're a nature lover and you've decided to make your, your mansion 10 talisman in the middle of the woods. Mm -hmm. um, you didn't bring your computer with you because mm -hmm. you just don't. And so you, um, and so, but you do have your watch on you. 
Mm. Now you could easily just program in the times and everything like right. that, but I might be able to give you some enhanced functionality on the watch. Mm. And if, mm. and since this is all part of, part of a website, um, if I get enough community requests to build something like that, I can build it. Yeah. Um, and I can also be very transparent in, uh, in the things that I'm working on. You know, right? Or you can yeah. say, "Why hasn't Why isn't Joe fixed it so that so that so that it, it you know so that the moon is 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 a minute in the future because that's where it yeah. needs to be." Yeah. And then you can look at my stuff and you say, "Oh, it's because it's going to come up in like twenty days, yeah. and then he's right, gonna, right, yeah, going to do it." Nice. You know, it's kind of loaded because then I'm because then I'm sort of like beholding myself to customers all the more. Yeah. Uh, but at the but whatever I mean I mean I want. I want to be of highest service. And so that's part of it. You know, I, I just, uh, there, there was a YouTube page, a YouTube channel, this guy that he occasionally comes up with uh, a video, like sometimes once a month, sometimes twice a month on, uh, on Dune, you know, and I'm a fan mm. of Dune. And uh, so, you know, I decided to become a sponsor of his page and I really like his page. And so to me, it was worth $10 a month. Um, sure. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe some people would be like $10 a month. That's crazy. You know? But uh, but just out of curiosity, would you mind uh, telling us uh, what is the annual fee for uh, <laughs> <laughs> digital? It's $10 a month. I'm it glad is? <laughs> But you pay for a year. But you pay for a year. Right, so right. Gotta it, have, a more, have a fairer, more day. accurate way to put it is it's $120 per year. Right. But that might sound like $120, but, right. uh, but like I, I had a thing recently where GoDaddy charged me, you know, a large amount, like over $400. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I got on customer service. I'm like, why did you just take this money out? And they were like, well, that's your hosting fee for three years. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, three, three years. Okay. I guess that makes sense. You know, but uh, I, I, I was like, why are you taking, what is this? Uh, oh, three years. I want, I don't have to deal with this until 2025. All right. All right. Keep your money, keep, keep my money, you know, but yeah. So, so, so 120 per year, that means $10 a month, mm -hmm. um, which, mm -hmm. which amounts to 33 cents a day. Um, so if you're, if you're planning on making a talisman, maybe a couple times a month is it worth five dollars to uh to save yourself half a day's work or a day and a half's work of uh of, of finding all this digging all this information or being the genius every every sunday at uh at your your second order gatherings or uh, just just putting it out there just kind of want to give people some perspective because they might they i imagine some people might listen to this whole conversation and go okay okay i'm interested $120. What the fuck? But yeah, I just want to kind of give, give people some perspective on that. That's $10. Right, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I, and I'm trying way less to... than you give Starbucks way less than you give, uh, right. you know, big petroleum. Right. Right. And I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it on the, um, I'm trying to keep it on the level of, of inexpensive astrological software, you know, because I mean, there's, there's, plenty of other stuff out there where you can pay like 400 a thousand dollars for um you know to to sign on um right. so i'm just trying to keep it reasonable yeah uh, so okay so we looked at we looked at mansion 10 and you can mm -hmm. see that we, uh yeah 
which one was the okay whatever uh so um so the last so the last screen that i wanted to show for this is mm -hmm. the um is the chart screen so what mm -hmm. you're looking at right now is a preview um it just basically shows the chart itself and it just tells you okay this is this is a snapshot of what this thing looks like uh so if we click load then we get this is the this is the full um this is the full chart screen so it's mm -hmm. a little bit uh there's there's more detail here and the detail changes a little bit based on the talisman like mm. if we were looking at a planetary talisman it would show the planetary hour up here but it doesn't do that because it that's not terribly important for mansion talismans mm. and i'm trying to keep the interface down to just what you need to know right you know i don't want to have if if you need extra information I want to make it so that that information is easily available to you, but you don't but see it's not always on. there to be confusing. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not, there's um um part of that is accessibility. So mm. there's actually there's actually a um uh what do I call it? A disorder maybe or a handicap where uh if people people can be visually overwhelmed um right. and, and they get stressed out by by too many by too many things on the screen mm. um and so and so that's that's one of the reasons why you want to have why you want to have a minimal design it's so that you can also have an accessible design and then also mm. if you do it this way then it's easy it's just easier on the eyes mm. um okay so things to know about mansion talismans um they start uh they start at certain at certain degrees and they end at other degrees. Uh, it so happens that uh, the the way that the ephemeris measures it's accurate to it's accurate to the minute, um, which actually means that there's like there's leeway of up to sixty seconds with in different parts of the uh, in different parts of the application. So if I was going to use this to make a mansion ten talisman, the first thing I would do is say. It's just have a sanity check and say, okay, where does Mansion 10 actually start and stop? And is that accurately reflected in the chart here? Because it could be, um, it could be like, you know, a few minutes off. That's possible. Mm. Um, if you want to adjust the times, there's these little times here. So you can see it starts at 125 and it ends at 225. Uh, no particular reason why it's exactly an hour long. Um, it just, this is just the times that it found. Yeah, uh, that's if, interesting. If you want to, if you want to adjust the times, you can, and I've worked hard to make these controls easy. Um, so for example, uh, if I, you can see that the, um, can you see my, uh, my mouse cursor yeah. changing? Okay. So it changes to a little, this little symbol, which means that you can scroll up and down to get different times okay. so if i just scroll up on my mouse i'm adjusting the time now oh and the moon moved and the moon moves yeah and so mm. so like if i adjust the hour come on Yeah, then you can see then you can see that it But won't if you adjust it too far, then it won't be in Mansion 10 anymore, will it? True. True. So mm -hmm. you need to know 
something about Mansion 10 in order to work with this. So this right. is this is where the interface between the manual astrologer and digital talisman comes together. Okay. Because if you okay. know if you know how Mansion this is more, a little more advanced. Sort of, yeah, because because if you know how Mansion 10 talismans are usually made, um, mm. you can you can make a you can make adjustments for it. Mm. Um, so if you want to know more about what's going on with planet, so I mean, the mansion is just it just goes across a given a given span of degrees, right? Yeah. Um, and to make to make mansion talismans, the way Chris Warnock approaches it is he makes sure that the moon is in the mansion in question and mm. that the moon is unafflicted. So mm. if we click the moon. We can see that the moon is unafflicted. Um, so a bunch of things just happened when I when I clicked it. Mm. Uh, I'll do it again. You can see that there's this list of details that shows up, um, where it tells you where exactly the moon is, and it tells you how what kind of fortunations are, exist for the moon. So, right. so how strong the moon is at that time. Oh, okay. Right. So aspects are divided into fortunations and afflictions. Right. And that's just, these are just aspects. So there's, there's a variety good, of good aspects. That, yeah. Good aspects. Right. Good aspects and bad aspects are divided in a variety of ways. Right. And, um, and these just happen. It just so happens. And there's no bad that, ones. There's no bad ones for the moon because Digitalisman found a time when there's no bad ones for the moon. How cool. If there, yeah, if there were bad times for the moon, then that wouldn't, wouldn't have been given as an option. Oh, exactly. how cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's so that's like that's like one big reason why you use Digitalisman. And then the other the other thing that it does. Um, OK, so let's see. The other thing that it does is when I click on it, you can see that the pretty lines show up. Mm hmm. The the blue pretty line is means that it's trying with Jupiter. The green pretty lines mean that it's it's sextal with uh with the sun with Mercury. Mm. Um, but this is all designed specifically for Renaissance astrology. Um, mm. One of the things that Renaissance astrology is concerned with is when is uh, planets applying to other planets. So basically, uh, it's hard to explain quickly, but um, whenever you have aspects between two planets, um, one of the planets is going to be moving faster than the other one because mm. they all move at different speeds. And right. um, if wh whichever one, whichever one is moving faster, that is the planet that is applying to the other one. Ah. Right? As opposed so the moon is sextiling the sun. Right, right. But the sun exactly. got sextiled by the, the moon, you might say. Instead of instead of the sun sextiling, the moon, the moon is sextiling. Right. And the moon is in the dominant position in the sextile. Exactly. <laughs> so um, so if you How click progressive. On... Sorry. <laughs> so when you click on the moon, watch watch the direction of the lines that appear. Okay. Mm. Ah, it goes from the one doing it to the one to whom it's being done. Being done to, exactly. 
Yeah, very so, nice. The subtle uh, detail. Very cool. Yeah, it's, and it's important because because that's when how making... you would draw it probably if you were doing it by hand. Sure. Right. Exactly. And that, mm, that's mm. one of the reasons. That's one of the inspirations for this. And mm. um, this is important to know in some forms of talisman. So, mm. uh, or it's important to know generally in electional astrology, right? So, right. like, so like when I say, when I say the moon, the moon is is approaching a trine to Jupiter, mm. or she's applying and she's applying to Jupiter, then that means that that means that in the immediate future, there's going to be a benefic relationship between the moon and Jupiter, right? Mm. So the, um, so the moon is, so basically, since the moon is the mistress of magic, and since she's specifically important for mansion talismans, I'd be very interested in how the moon works with the different parts of the sky. And so if, you can get really detailed oriented with this because you can say, okay, in the future, the moon is going to have a sex is going to have a, a trine relationship with, um, with Jupiter. And so mm. that means that, that, that means that um, she's on her way to, she's on her way to general blessings by, by society. Mm. You know? And so, wow. and so when you have lots of different mansion talismans to consider, this is an important thing to see. Mm. How cool. Thanks. So it seems like there's, I mean, because the planets, their movement, oh, I guess sometimes when a planet is gonna go retrograde, it slows down. So Mercury isn't always moving faster than Mars, for instance. Correct, yeah. That's interesting. Okay, so this can take, take that into account that exactly. at the moment, Mercury has slowed down to where it's not actually moving as fast as it normally does. Yep, it can say it can say, okay, well, this is how these aspects actually work in these circumstances. Wow, how cool! And, yeah, so then, so then you can have things like, well, you know, Mercury's in retrograde now, so he's moving, he's moving backwards, right? And he's mm. and and you know, as everybody knows, like like retrograde usually denotes a form of like sickness right like right but what if you move backwards into a sextile exactly if he's moving backwards (laughs) if he's moving backwards into into a sextile i didn't know this would go this way um when it goes when it when he moves backwards into a sextile now he's going to he's moving into a very pleasant relationship with another planet (laughs) but backwards the backwards right cool wow very cool well i i i I had a few other questions but i think that um the folks that this is going to be most useful for are probably already familiar with the basics of talisman making um but out of curiosity uh i was wondering what your thoughts would be on this question how can you tell whether your talisman is working and whether it's having an effect. So the overall process uh, to, to, to incorporating digital talisman into your astrological magic life mm-hmm. uh, is you would, look, you would look at the month ahead, right? 
And a lot of what you would be looking for would depend on your needs. Um, you know, are you are you a single person looking for love? Are you a are you a business owner who needs an expanding business soon? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you would have to consider that in considering what talismans to look for, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you don't know, if you don't know enough about astrological magic to begin with, well, Digitalisman is not going to be as handy to you as if you do. So mm-hmm. what I really recommend that people do is pick up Chris Warnock's books because mm-hmm. that's going to that's going to tell you um, that's going to tell you about the methods that I'm using, and it's going to tell you about the um, it's going to tell you about the 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 things that I'm working with, and it's going to tell you what forms of talismans you want to use. He has more than one book that people should be looking at? Yes. Yeah. So he has like Secrets of Planetary Magic. He okay. has we'll put that up on the screen. Yeah. He has uh he has a book on mansion magic. Mm-hmm. Uh if I remember right, he has a book on constellation and sign magic. Okay. Uh, so but they, these are easily these are easily found on Amazon. Um and yeah, we can did we I buy list- one? I think I might have bought one. I think you Did might you have. recommend one on, one on star magic. Yeah. On fixed stars. Yeah. Oh, okay. On yep. fixed stars. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, nice. um, yeah. So, so I, I really recommend that people, uh, that people get into the source texts is, you know what, Chris's, Chris's books are not expensive. They're like, I don't remember how much they are. I want to say they're in like the 15 to $20 range and mm-hmm. you will have a wealth of information. Um, How cool. Another thing that another thing that you can do is, if you have the three books of occult philosophy already, use mm. that. Mm. Um, that's gonna that that will again tell you about the nature of a lot of the spirits that you can work with through this. And um, I know there's at least one or two people who are in a position where even buying a fifteen dollar book on Amazon would be a little bit out of the range at present time. But the three books of occult philosophy are public domain, are they not? You can probably yes, find they them are. on archive.org. And so you can go out and just use that stuff for free. It's um yeah, yeah it's very accessible. And then um, save up for your dis- digitalisman membership. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so once you have so once you've chosen once you've chosen the topics that you want to work with, and once you've mm. chosen the spirits that you want to work with, now's the time to use Digitalisman to discover all the, uh, the, different, the different spirit times available to you. Yeah. Um, um, once you've discovered those times, then there's <laughs> the question of actually making and consecrating a talisman. Right. Um, and that starts, so uh, a great way to do it, uh, actually Chris Warnock's writing brought me to this was uh, making paper talismans. Mm. Um, The important thing here is the timing. And like I said before, actually making and consecrating a celestial talisman does not need to be an involved affair. Um, If you can, you can make it on paper, you can draw a picture of what it is you're looking for. Um, The three books of occult philosophy have a ton of different options for how to make how to make a talisman, anything mm. from drawing different shapes, writing different names, writing down what it is you need to make, um, all that stuff. And then when you actually, when you actually consecrate it, it is as simple as burning some incense, moving the talisman through the incense, 
in describing what it is that you're looking for. Mm. The timing, the timing and doing the work of the talisman attracts the attention of the spirit. Mm. And then from there, consecrating the talisman actually gets the spirit to pay attention and instills your talisman with a specific spirit. Mm. Um, but anyway, all that, yeah. Um, I gave all that like as foundation for your question of yeah, yeah. how do you tell if the talisman's working? And my answer is results. Mm. You tell that the talisman is working because what it is that you're looking for came to pass. Mm. Um, if it did not come to if it did not come to pass, well, there's a variety of answers as to why it didn't come to pass. But mm. um, but you can tell that your talisman is taking effect because it's actually doing something. Right. Celestial talismans are surprisingly earthbound. They are surprisingly, uh, they're surprisingly pragmatic and mm. they work really well with everyday problems. Mm. They don't necessarily work very well when it comes to something like, tell me the thoughts of the person across the street. Right. <laughs> really gonna work well. or, or make me, make me infinitely wise. Yeah. Not really but you still have better. to put out job applications if it's, you're looking for a job right. and there isn't really way to, I mean, apart from, you know, uh, observing an alternate dimension where you didn't make the talisman and you put out just as many applications, there's really no like scientifically verifiable way of saying this was definitely the talisman, but you can get a, you can get an idea, you can get a feeling for it, right? I mean, like what I'm saying is like, if uh, I need a job, so in one universe, I'm gonna put out 20 applications and in the, in the other universe, I'm gonna make an application, I'm gonna make a talisman and also put out 20 applications and observe which one I get a callback faster. <laughs> you can't really do that short of being able to peer into an alternate dimension and if you have an identical twin then it's still there's factors that are going to you know make a make a different situation so it's it's one of those things that it's uh, you can approach it scientifically but from a pure scientist you know like 100 times repeating this kind of thing you know uh, you, you won't be able to please my grandpa is what I'm saying. <laughs> my, my, my grandpa, the scientist, would say, well, right. And, but, but really that's, that's a, that's a, um, that's almost like sort of a precondition of magic generally. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is, is that, is that, is that you're never going to completely understand why things are happening the way that they are. Right. Right. You know, but the important part is to ask the question, is it happening the way that the way that, that you want it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple different schools of thought on, well, you know, I mean, I, I, there's the, the folks that say it's all in your head, but you don't know how big your head is. Blonde Milo to get. And then, uh, uh, for example, uh, Mark Williams here on this, uh, in this episode 120, it's like, these spirits are real. They're not in your head. And uh, so, you know, but both of those schools of thought can both make talismans and both use digitalisman. And, uh, you know, one might be using it kind of as an elaborate self-hypnosis tool to connect with this, that spirit in their own subconscious, while the other is using it to actually tap into an actual spirit that's actually related to an actual star. And, uh, but either way, either way it works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is your vision for the future of digitalism? Thus, 
far I've been developing this. Um, I've just been developing this, right? Mm. And I haven't had a large audience yet. Mm. Um, and so when I launch, uh, I think probably over the fall, my first job is going to be to ensure that nothing goes too crazy. Mm. Um, you know, there's, there's bugs in everything. And mm. I expect, I fully expect that for the first, for the, at least for the first couple months, um, I'm going to be approached a lot with this thing is doing this thing that I, and I really wasn't expecting it to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the short term, medium term. Uh, the medium term is like kind of moving the technology forward using the existing design. So, mm. uh, uh, the, the ephemeris that it uses, uses data that's accurate to 1987, mm. um, which is great. It's, it's, it works, it works well, um, for the moon. Sometimes the moon is a little bit off if you look at if you look at other astrological software and the reason for that is because our understanding of moon, lunar positioning has changed since 1987 okay and these guys use stuff from from a you know from a more recent time in the past mm. in the medium term one of the things that i want to do is change the ephemeris so that it uses the latest and greatest data okay okay um, that's so basically in the medium term i want to uh I want to push the technology forward so that my users are using the very best that they can use. Mm. Um, long term, and by long term, I mean anywhere, anywhere from like a year from now to five years from now, mm. I want to make it so that you have access to more. So right now, it, it gives you Chris Warnock's methods, which are wonderful generic methods. Um, and honestly, I think that, I think that if you use nothing but Chris Warnock's methods, you would be a fabulous astrological magician. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do want to, I do want to bring people, um, some of the more, some of the older texts because the older texts are amazing. And I yeah. want to make, I want to make it so that if you want to be an Agrippin magician and only use stuff from the three books of occult philosophy, I want to be part of that. And I want to help you to do it. Yeah. Um, if you if you're a if you're an Arabic medieval magician, right, and you want to just use stuff from the Picatrix, I want to help you. Mm. Um, and so, in the next year to five years, I want to make it so that version two and version three are using Agrippa's and Picatrix's methods. Nice. Um, yeah, long long term though, th this is sort of this is sort of where I see all this going. Is in the long term, I want to have people be able to say what they wanted to do and for it to simply do it. Mm -hmm. So there are, there are astrological magicians out there who very slowly through trial and error have, dis have discovered their own methods. Mm -hmm. um, and I want them to be able to use this too. And, and I don't want to have to keep, to keep doing like, you know, this is the Chris Warnock version. This is the Agrippa version. I want right. to make it, you can say, this is the, this specific user Edward method. Reeb version yeah Edward Reeb I want to make the Edward Reeb astrological magic mm. and so to do that I'm going to need to make a lot of tools that use the same sorts of things that you've seen um but allow for a lot more nuance so you'll mm. be able to say so then you'll and be able to customization mm. customization where you can mm. say okay I, I I want to see when 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 Jupiter is at this particular degree and the, you know, and the moon is waxing because I'm getting this stuff from this wonderful grimoire and mm. it's, 
telling me exactly how to do this. And so that's, that's what I'm after. Right. And then, or, once I you know, my first kiss was uh, at, at 12, 13 in the morning on this particular day back when I was 17. And so I want to know when the moon is in exactly the same spot at the same time that Jupiter is in exactly the same spot. Exactly. Six years from now, so that right. I can plan to conceive right. my first child. Well, I don't know. You, <laughs> like something <laughs> wacky, you know. Right. Yeah. So so that, so then you yeah. can then you can do things like, you know, you can say like I'm making an Edward Reeb first kiss talisman. Right. This doesn't, yeah. It doesn't apply to anybody else but me. And yeah, I'm gonna see, yeah. gonna see what it does, you know? Yeah. And then exactly. truly the spirit of, you know, then truly we can embrace the spirit of experiment. So that, so that then, well, anybody can do anything they want. And at that mm. point, at that point, hopefully we'll have a thriving community. We'll be able, and we'll be able to have people say, Hey, I got results. I got results from this particular talisman. Mm. Um, and, and you can, and you can try it too. Let's see what happens when you do it. Nice. Sounds great. I'm, I'm proud to be the first member of uh, the <laughs> digitalisman community. So, uh, Remind me again, because I don't think we in this episode 121, I don't think we told them what's the URL of uh, Digitalisman again? It's just digitalisman.app. So D I T I T A L I S M A N dot app. You will probably see it. Yeah. For those on YouTube, it's on the screen. For those on the podcast, hello. Yeah, we know you're only hearing us and not seeing us. We haven't forgotten about you. We appreciate you. You Spotify user, you, you Apple podcast user, or any of the 30 some odd other apps that you might be using, who knows. And archive.org. Oh, wait, I haven't started putting esoteric nerd on archive.org. Scratch that. Well, when it, when it eventually happens, yeah. they'll know. Yeah. They'll know <laughs> yeah, they'll know. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. Any, so any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, if you If you do... When if you want to sign up, go to the just go to digitalisman.app. There's a home screen on the upper right. You will see login slash sign up. Click login slash sign up, read the directions, and you'll be up and running. And uh, one thing I want to mention is uh, I got a little confused just because I was expecting when I clicked, uh, I clicked sign up and then enter without typing anything in. And uh, that didn't work because uh, you're supposed to type in your desired username and mm. your desired password and then mm -hmm. click sign up. Uh, right. It doesn't, doesn't take I, you to a separate place for that. <laughs> yes. Since then, since then, based on oh. your feedback, I have fixed it so oh. that so that sign up does not activate until you've put in an email and a password. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, we're in the cool. we're in the weird teenage period of the app where yeah. like, things are weirdly broken, and you're like, why? <laughs> and then it's, oh, it's because it's because this once in a blue moon thing is making it happen. Yeah, but yeah, just be sure you know what you're uh, typing in for your password and write it down and everything. I am I am to be of service, however I can. <laughs> yes. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, There's you're uh, a little, I've got lots of toys on my desk. You recognize this? SR71. Woo! <laughs> that <laughs> kind of dates. Uh, the people who are impressed by that are, uh, are our age. I'll just mm. say that much. <laughs>
I've only seen folks younger than us are like, oh, I saw that in the museum. It's like, fuck you. (laughs) 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 We saw it in the sky, bitch. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen it. I've only seen one of those up close once, and it was it was when I was in the Air Force. I saw Mm. it in Alaska. The only two things they'll say about it: it's smaller than it looks, and it leaks like crazy. Oh man, really? It's okay. It all the leaks seal up when it's flying fast. Oh, okay, okay. There was a movie where they used it, wasn't there? I seem to remember. Right. Well, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I remember being very <laughs> impressed by that. I think I had the, I don't know if it was a poster or just a cutout, you know, from a calendar or something up on my wall as a kid. <laughs> Anything black, my, you know, Kit, uh, Airwolf, SR-71 Blackbird, and then, uh, you know, I was saying, you know, in our new house, I want my room to be black. And people were like, well, you better be careful. You might summon evil spirits. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you expect from me? Of course, we're going to be goth in the 90s when you gave us Kit, <laughs> Airwolf, and SR-71 Blackbirds <laughs> in the 80s. You know. <laughs> anyway. I'm also going to dress right, like an SR-71 if I can. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the stealth bomber came along. That was like what the millennial, the uh, uh eh, shitty <laughs> stealth bomber, get out of here. SR 71 Blackbird, man. I don't adjust well. 90s music, pff, I'm not into that new crap. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, that's All right. silliness out of me. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely, thank you. I'm uh, I'm uh, glad to to represent and get the word out, and uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. It'll be great, I'm sure. And, uh, hey, isn't that the same shirt you were wearing in episode 120? <laughs> <laughs> we recorded yes. them at the same time, in case you. Guys <laughs> <laughs> all right brother thank you very much and uh i look forward to seeing you soon let's not let too many months go by and uh maybe we can co-host on uh on uh now that now that i've got 120 out of the way i've been waiting for this ring so mm. you know that's why the delay in episodes is i didn't want to do episode 120 until this arrived and it's so been in indian customs for five months and it finally <laughs> arrived a few days ago so i got started with uh with this project so that's that's the behind the scenes there but so yeah so we'll get going with some new episodes in the near future great terrific it's, I look some weirdos to some yes. alien worshipers or oh yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> all right bring it on it'll be great <laughs> cool. we'll have a great time all right brother we'll all talk right. to you soon take care okay See you ya. too peace Thank you, Joe Zabinski, for being my guest on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast today and for showing us all the ins and outs of Digitalisman. Um, do please feel free to check out Digitalisman at digitalisman.app. Special thanks to Susumu Ueda and his father and the other monks, his father being one of the monks, at Jofukuin Temple on Mount Koyasan, Japan, 
For the music you're hearing right now, which is actually, though it sounds very different from the intro, it is the same track, uh, Meditation on the Fire Element, if I'm not mistaken. Special thanks to Camille and Kennerly for the harp transitions into and out of the interview itself. You might recognize the music from a little show called House of the Dragon. We won't talk about the other show that that music comes from because of season eight. Um, and most importantly, thank you to you, the esoteric nerd, watching and or listening to this podcast. Go forth now in love, truth, and knowledge. And with the blessings of be there always peace between us. And be ye ready to come again when you are called. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're a human, not a, not a spirit. That was inappropriate. All right. Until next time.